This is the Ether Review, a talk show passing the components of the Ethereum global computing platform and its ecosystem. Building on a basic knowledge of the blockchain, we seek to understand the mechanics behind this new generation computing network and the services it powers. With me today on the Ether Review is Martin Koppelman, the co-founder of the Gnosis Prediction Market Platform. Thanks for joining me, Martin. Yeah, thanks for having me, Arthur. It's an absolute pleasure. So to start off with, Gnosis has just had one of the most successful token launches in the history of cryptocurrency. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. What does it feel like to be in the position you're in now? I mean, there's I mean, did you anticipate such a raging success? And uh, what is it like to have this huge pool of funds that are, uh, are sitting at your disposal for the development of your platform? Yeah, it's it's um, been pretty exciting two and a half years. Uh, our expectations were, of course, much, 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 much lower when we started working on uh, on those things, and when we eight eight or nine months started thinking about um, having a token. Um, eventually, kind of the night before the actual auction, we were pretty sure that the outcome would be the outcome that we saw, just because the interest was uh, so high and so many people contacted us up front and want, wanted to know all the details and really uh, spent a lot of time um, researching um, the project. And, and and then still, or in, and after getting all those information, then said yes, we want to be part of this, um, even even at a quite high price, so even directly. So in that sense, it didn't uh, was a complete surprise. Then um, it it was more really a, a process over time. I would say now, well, we are prepared to hopefully build build great great stuff with with all those funds. So I have just an immediately hard question for you off the bat, and that is about the skills required to effectively allocate capital. And we see in uh, in cases of companies such as Uber or, or Airbnb, where you have this extremely, uh, not only effective capital allocation, but right. uh, uh, speaking specifically in the, in the case of Uber, uh, they have a large pool of capital, and they have right. this uh, the benefit of trial and error, and a huge knowledge base on which to uh, to draw their capital allocation strategy. But in the case of a prediction market, this has never been done before, and I wonder what are your feelings on how this capital is best allocated. And do you have any plans for discovering uh, how best to allocate this capital to support the uh, the adoption of the Gnosis platform? Yeah, sure. So first of all, I would say um, also Uber when when they did, or when they did it, um, they were the first to build a, <laughs> a taxi platform essentially. So yes, uh, you, um, we are the first to build this prediction market platform, and that doesn't mean that. Well, we, we we do not have experience, so I'm very happy that um, well, basically Joe Joe Lubin and Jeremy 
uh, are part of the board, um, so are heavily involved in, in this process of how to effectively use this capital. What what we want to do in addition is, well, find a balance between uh, building out the platform itself and building, building all those different applications uh, we have in mind or others have in mind. And there we, we also want to do a quite a decentralized approach, yeah, a little bit like the, the consensus model, this hub and spoke model, that those different applications that build on top of Gnosis are fairly independent. So we will give them or we will allocate some of the resources we have um, to those um, independent or to those applications. But we also expect them to um, to get additional resources, also as a form of um, validating their um, their concepts. Yeah, and also uh, give quite a bunch of responsibility to uh, to those applications because we believe that this is the only way to or kind of this decentralized approach uh, or a little bit more decentralized approach is the only way to to ensure that the um, well, basically, the money is effectively spent. This takes us straight to the structure of Gnosis and uh, and its nature as a platform on which other applications are built. Can you give us a quick, uh, a quick, in a nutshell, uh, breakdown of how the Gnosis ecosystem operates or is intended to operate? Right. So Gnosis again is this platform for uh, prediction market applications, but the range of applications is is more or less endless so i mean there are obviously those things that people have directly in mind when they think about prediction markets this is uh, who becomes next president um, or other predictions on geopolitical events but uh, you can you can use it for for much much more so basically every uh, every case of somehow well forecasting something um, information aggregation just to name a few uh, you can forecast the weather. We have an uh, application in mind that forecasts um, the the um, the start date or uh, or the, the 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 completion date of a big um, infrastructure or big construction project. So let's say every worldwide every construction project with a volume of of more than a billion. So let's say big airports or big other infrastructure projects. Um, well, you could have a prediction market, or you should have a prediction market. I would argue that the the just monitors is this project on track. So, uh, is is the planned uh, opening date of whatever uh, January first, two thousand nineteen? Is this realistic? Yes, no. Um, to go on with a range of applications, you can have some form of insurances. So, in our world view basically an insurance is 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 a bet or a prediction so if if you insure against uh, some event so let's say your flight gets delayed or your house will burn down or whatever it's essentially a bet or a prediction that this will happen well if it happens you get um you get a bunch of money uh, and if not then you lose what, what you have um you lose your stake there are then more uh, applications we can go into um, decision-making processes or basically first observing or kind of trying to measure or capture 
how how likelihoods change under the condition that something else will happen. So all those conditional markets. So what will be the price of a stock if the CEO is fired, if a specific milestone is reached or is not reached, if the sales uh, numbers are uh, higher than X or lower than X. So all those markets which can ultimately uh, be used directly for decision making. So you can purely make your decision based on how would the market react or what are the market expectations if we do if we do X or if we not do X. To come back to your initial question, what is the structure? Well, we have this platform, and this platform should really make um, should make it as easy as possible to build all those uh, applications. And while we are still uh, building out the platform and and um, providing tools um, and making everything easier, quicker, faster, more efficient, um, in parallel, we will also build those uh, applications, but especially encourage other teams and other projects um, to use our platform. So how long until the central platform is <laughs> ready to support a insurance solution or an insurance offering, just for example? Right, right. I, I would say there it's uh, currently Gnosis is in a similar stage as Ethereum was uh, with the launch of Frontier. So to some degree, it is feature complete, but it's slow and inefficient and no nice interfaces. So as in Ethereum, yes, you could start from day one building um, those applications, but with a lot of limitations. There will not be a kind of, this is the release date and then it's ready. It's more like we have something and it will get better every day. I'm not sure we've ever actually had a Gnosis interview on uh, on the ETH review. So uh, so let's look at the uh, at the genesis of Gnosis. What inspired you to produce it and uh, to develop it? And can you tell us a bit about the history of prediction markets? <laughs> yeah, sure. So um, kind of our personal um, history was kind of to some degree we we got by accident into prediction markets was really like four or five, I think it's now five years ago um, that that I got really excited about Bitcoin. <laughs> so as, as many of, of us, I guess. And we decided, or together with Stefan, and then we decided, okay, we want to build something uh, that uses Bitcoin. And more or less randomly, we thought, oh, cool, let's build a Bitcoin prediction market. And then really more about excitement over Bitcoin. And then over time, we really got deeper and deeper into this concept of prediction markets and saw, okay, this is much, much more um, than than uh, predicting the next president. Um, this can really change the way uh, society aggregates information. This can really make a lot of processes um, more efficient. And by then we realized, okay, it should be, it should be decentralized. And I would say it's not necessarily about, um, or, or to me, the key feature of, of decentralization or having a decentralized uh, platform is this idea of uh, permissionless innovation. So again, the um, range of applications is so big. So it should not be the case that um, the platform that enables those applications 
controls the platform in the sense that whoever has an idea for one of those applications need to ask um, the platform operator like it would be today uh, with traditional platforms like Facebook and Uber and eBay. Uh, Instead, it should be more like the internet that just exists as a piece of infrastructure. And if you have a great idea, uh, you can just build on it and you can just use it. And that is how platforms in the future should, should, should be structured. So a prediction market platform should be decentralized as every other platform. So uh, our next iteration was, okay, we want to build a decentralized platform. And initially, we thought we could do it with Bitcoin. And maybe it's possible to do it, but for sure it's much, much easier and much, much more efficient to do it with Ethereum. So when Ethereum um, well, was announced and, and the uh, initial uh, token sale or uh, whatever the wording was, a few months after we got in contact with Joe Joseph Lubin and we figured out, okay, uh, we want to build prediction market on ethereum and we became part of consensus why haven't we seen a prediction market in the wild uh, already okay. i mean we we have to some some extent so uh, there was in trade and there is currently uh, predicted and also a bunch of the applications um we that, that can be built on prediction markets well, exists. So you have binary options, you have a form of uh, insurances. What really is the difference is um, to to radically um, enable this peer-to-peer -peer mechanisms. So so completely open the um, open the borders between kind of operator and uh, and customer. So so usually in a in a um, uh, well, in a insurance, for example, today uh, it, it works like, yes, there is an operator and they offer you a price. And then you as a customer, you can just decide whether or not to take this price in a, in a prediction market. Or if, if you would structure the same thing as a prediction market, well, then kind of basically everyone could be the, the operator in a sense. So everyone who uh, basically every guy in a garage with, a, with, with some form of machine learning algorithm, for example, that could calculate the uh, likelihood of some risk happening. So let's say a flight ge getting delayed. Every one of those could could offer, um, in in this case, an insurance. Um, and and again, this openness um, makes the platforms or ma uh, yeah makes it much more efficient. And I would say yes for for this blockchain um, technology is is a great enabler um, and that's the reason why we haven't seen it so far. So you guys use state channels as a means of opening your markets and then the market closes uh, when you close the state channel. Is that an accurate summation of the way that the individual prediction markets that your that Gnosis spawns uh, operate? Yeah, this is something that is still under heavy, heavy development. So uh, yes, we are working on state channels um or state channel based solutions um right now uh, well we have a version online that does not use um state channels uh in the end we expect it will be a mixture so it will be state channels by default but um, there are 
also always reasons to well to directly go um, to the chain. Um, well, there is a lot of development still taking place, so um, it's possible that we see some side chains, or basically, it's it's in my opinion, it's a continuous spectrum between um, side chains and state channels. Um, then you have the sharding approach. So uh, basically, we are following all those approaches, and and for each application, it might make sense to to go with a different approach um, to yeah, solve problems like, I mean, the usual problem, scalability, uh, speeds, costs. Okay, this is really interesting because I, I, I assumed that there would just be one best way, but it sounds like, I mean, obviously I, I don't understand Gnosis nearly as well as I thought I did. Uh, it sounds like opening these markets is a, uh, is a much more complex and flexible task than, than one might imagine. Yeah, I mean, or just just to, sh- to to talk about a little bit the trade-offs. So, if you do something on-chain, the advantage is always that it is uh, available and um, accessible and visible for everyone. So, let's say your focus of the market is information discovery, um, then it is a good idea to have um, the market uh, on the chain, so everyone can see that there is a well, the forecast is currently this number, and everyone who would disagree with this number has a direct incentive to trade against, well, against this market or against this market maker and, and change the number and therefore provide a better public forecast. If your um, goal is not necessarily a public uh, forecast, um, for example, in the insurance case, it, it's more like uh, you you want to well, you want to get some degree of service, you want to insure yourself against a specific risk, and then you might, when you do it, you might ask kind of the world who gives me the best price for that, but as soon as you've figured out uh, who is giving you the best price, well, then it's just really a transaction between you and whoever is is giving you that price, and it's something you want you might want to do in a state channel and you want, might want to do private, and there's no reason that... Um, that from there on it's it's kind of this public public event then there and then there is of course another trade off would be would be uh, security probably so if you if you deal with quite large amounts then it might be fine to pay uh, let's say 20 cents in gas transaction costs on ethereum directly to have it directly settled on the chain in other cases well, there are, of course, microtransaction cases where 20 cents is completely unacceptable uh, as a transaction fee. And then you, by nature, are uh, dependent on other solutions, maybe a sidechain, uh, maybe a sidechain where it's fine to have centralized validators, kind of like uh, Coven or Rinkeby. So, yeah. Gnosis sounds like a really incredibly complex platform and, and a very far-reaching and abstract uh, as you said, infrastructure piece. I, I, it's 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 interesting to hear you describe it now because this isn't the impression that I had of it when I was uh, with you guys in New York. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I mean, yes and no. So I would say, um, I would say, at its core, it's it's really really simple. Um, at its core, kind of all you do is create those um, core financial constructs where um, where there is some collateral 
So you put in, let's say, $10, and then you create uh, 10 tokens here and 10 tokens there. And this 10 tokens here uh, represent some event, and they are worth $10 if this event happens. And uh, then those 10 tokens over there represent a different event, uh, and they are worth $10 if um, that different event happens. So at its core, that's it. That's, that's all. So it's always it always breaks down to this very simple structure but then again the, um, the the range of applications you can do uh, or you can use this um, for is, is is huge and and then again so then you want to have all kind of toolings and and this is all what what gnosis is about to to um, enable this very complex uh, this very simple core concept i would say the core concept is it may be like the token factory so or the token standard the token standard itself is also super simple. It's it's a quite simple smart contract. But then, what we already have, uh, what we already saw, kind of the the well, the innovation and, and all the activity that is enabled by just having this very simple um, token standard on Ethereum is is huge. So there are so many projects. That, that somehow have now um, tokens and where the tokens are used in, in very different ways. So it's it's by no means that that kind of the tokens are always the same. The tokens play a very different role in very different projects. Um, so I, I see this a little bit similar. So, yeah, very simple core principle that enables huge range of cool applications. Is there one standout use case that you can think of, Martin, that will enrich and improve the lives of people through the use of prediction markets, specifically Gnosis? <laughs> uh, I would say no. So <laughs> I would say, I, I think it's really the, um, the range of applications and each application will, will do in some field, will increase efficiency a little bit. But I, I, I would hesitate to say, okay, this is the life-changing application I, I'm I'm always uh, careful <laughs> doing point pointing out one one uh, specific thing. Are there any particularly negative or uh, or nefarious applications of prediction markets that you're concerned about? Well, I mean, I would say as always, if you do something, if you enable new tools um, that increases efficiency, yes, of course, they also increase efficiency for things you don't like. Really, by spending more and more time, um, we realized, okay, there is a big need for to, to aggregate information. There are, well, we have the internet and we have more information uh, flowing around than ever before. But that is not necessarily a useful thing if you cannot aggregate those informations. That is really the beauty about the prediction market, that uh, it is an efficient, let's say, if you have thousand experts in the room and they all have an opinion about something so let's say about um, the effect of climate change with a prediction market you can boil this down to one number and and you have financial and economic incentives um, to well to improve this number if if you think um, this number is is wrong so yeah I, again I see prediction markets as this universal tool that will allow us or us as uh, as uh, humanity to um, to better aggregate our information to something that is useful for 
eventually better decision making. And uh, that brings us straight to this idea of uh, futurecy, which is a, mm-hmm. a new concept of governance that relies on prediction markets as a augment as a, a tool to augment decision making. Mm-hmm. Last I heard, there was a push to use futurecy as one of the governing mechanisms of the core Gnosis platform. Is that still on the table? Yes, it is. Um, we well, we started um, thinking about this or working on this around uh, when the DAO happened. Um, so at that time or before the DAO, we we uh, well we were as well kind of euphoric and said, okay, we or thought we might enable this directly. So we might enable or kind of just directly say a little bit like in the DAO, um, the funds would be managed by this mechanism. Well, we of course then realized we are, this will take time. So those mechanisms need to be tested and developed first uh, and, and yeah, tested for, for quite a while until you would want to put um, put significant, fun, uh, significant funds uh, under the control of those mechanisms. So now that is what we, what we will do. So we have... Um, a range of experiments um, that that we want to um, yeah that we want to execute um, this summer um, to yeah basically test all the assumptions that we have about uh, futarki and start with simple things like can a futarki play a game so um, can a futarki first of all play a very simple game like uh, connect four if if we, we will set out prices, so if um, create incentives to beat the futaki, so are there, make, uh, are there ways to manipulate the outcome or do something about it? If, if it cannot even uh, win such a game, well, then probably uh, it, it needs to be improved. So, yeah, we will start with those simple things and, and hopefully do step-by-step step more and then maybe use part of our budget and and put it under the control of of such a mechanism and maybe eventually uh, completely use it but again this is quite quite a road to go i'm thinking right now of uh of go and mm-hmm. uh and right. artificial intelligence uh these right. and these matchups between artificial intelligence and humans would futurecy yeah. be a third player in that uh in that arena yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's maybe not even a, f- a third player, but it's just a mechanism to, uh, yeah, to aggregate um, the 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 well, the wisdom or the uh, of of many players. And especially, what is interesting, yes, it is a mechanism to uh, to have a hybrid of of human in- input and um, and uh, machine learning input. So. Uh, yes, it would definitely be a super interesting experiment to see um, if such a mechanism could beat uh, AlphaGo, because um, AlphaGo, for example, is cer- certainly not perfect. So, although it, it, it was good enough to beat so far uh, every human, um, it, it, it's still um, there's still probably room for improvements. And and again, so. Can a key or can prediction markets um, 
somehow enabled to 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 capture the the useful pieces um, that, that 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 might still be uh, available, useful pieces of information, and ad aggregate them into into something bigger. Yeah, that would be a, or will be a super super exciting experiment. It's weird because intuitively, I, I just I don't see how a mechanism that aggregates strategies mm -hmm. could uh, respond to or perform well in a, an environment as subtle as a highly competitive game of Go. Uh, if you've got multiple strategies on the table that uh, imply uh, conflicting moves, uh, would you not wind up with the worst possible compromise? Uh, I mean, is that... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we, we, we will see. I, um, kind of from a from a game theoretical point uh, in in Go, kind of you could you could independent of your next moves say, okay, this is the optimal move right now, and then or, or basically every situation is is to some degree closed in itself. So uh, so whatever your plans are in the future, you can forget them and and just decide, okay, what what is the best move right now, and that should yeah absolute thing. But but again, so I think we need to try it out, and I'm very excited to do so. It sounds like it's going to be amazing. Gnosis has really become a high watermark for distributed applications. It's uh, it's completely changed the way that we we think about uh, the value of cryptocurrencies, and it feels like it's ushered us into a new era of uh, of public blockchain applications and yet it's still in uh, deep in development and it's it's kind of scary it feels like gnosis has really pushed us so far forward uh with the the anticipation it's obviously a really you, you guys have had a, a proof of concept for a really long time how do you see the uh the distributed application space evolving post gnosis token launch because this was a a monumental event for the entire space. I would say I would I would try to to uh, get the expectations a little bit down. So I see many other many other um, similar super exciting platforms. So yes, I mean I, I realize or well we realize the expectations and the enthusiasm about Nosus is is big. It's very big, and yes, that's great. But again, so there are so many other platforms uh, popping up. So um, I'm 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 just in, in general very uh, very excited about um, the whole space. Can you see any situations where Gnosis itself might interact with other with other distributed applications? Uh, I'm thinking, for example, and uh, one of my favorite example uh, DApps is uh, Swarm City. Because it's so, mm -hmm. it's so familiar to us. This idea of a of a ride sharing application—it's something that that we can really envision ourselves using. And the two sided market of a peer to peer uh, ride share is is something we can all understand and grasp. So, do you see uses for Gnosis in uh, applications like peer to peer ride sharing? Yeah, I would say um, there are not too many applications where I do not see. <laughs> see uh, how they uh, how they could interact or um, also use uh, prediction market so 
Well, in the case of, of ride sharing um, or maybe then routing, of course, prediction markets could uh, be used to, uh, to find the best route, for example, to forecast uh, travel time. So let's say you, you um, or I mean, r right now we have different applications like well, Google Maps and Waze and whatever that, that would try to figure out the route from A to B and, and would, based on the current traffic and forecasts and so on, try to find the fastest route. Um, but again, the question comes up, uh, if we have all those different uh, machine learning algorithms, is there a way to uh, aggregate the different information that are out there? And again, we believe prediction markets um, can, can play this role. Well, fantastic. I think that's a pretty good wrap. So thanks so much for joining me on the Ether Review. Martin, where can people find out more about yourself, about Gnosis, and about the rest of the team? Yeah, I think the best resource is just gnosis.pm. Um, from there, you can join our Slack, you can join our forum, our subreddit, <laughs> and hopefully get in touch with us. Awesome. Hey, thanks a bunch, man. Yeah, great. Thank you. Thank you, Arthur. Take it easy, Martin. This has been the Ether Review. Visit etherreview.info for more episodes, email contact at etherreview.info or follow us on Twitter at etherreview. Music.